Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let's go to Tim in Berkeley. Hi, Tim. You're on with Willard and Dibs. What the heck are you doing? Hey man, you guys are you guys are entertaining me for sure. It's a fascinating conversation. I wanted to call and confess that I was wrong last week, I think, and I did change my mind about Purdy. I was all in last week, but I forgot about the wet ball thing that I saw earlier in the season. And when he when this guy comes out with the glove and then it's no glove, you got problems with that, man. And and that's just really unfortunate. But beyond all that, if it, if if it's dry, I got no problems comparing Purdy to any of those other guys, um, and hopefully he can work out the wet ball. As far as why he doesn't get in the same breath with those other quarterbacks, I think the uh, have you guys seen the Joe Montana commercial for Guinness where the guy asked him if he was a tennis player? I think that's what we're looking at with Brock Purdy. He doesn't look like what we're you know. I'm almost sixty years old. When I was a kid. Brock Purdy looked like an NFL quarterback. Now Brock Purdy doesn't look like an NFL quarterback anymore. Yeah, look, doesn't look, even Tim. look like a tennis player, Tim. No, quite frankly, no, he but doesn't, yeah, doesn't even look point. like a lacrosse player. I, I, I mean, Brock Purdy. Maybe this will help people out. Like Brock Purdy's not as good as Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. He can't do some of those things. He's not as good. Is are, are we having a hard time with that? I don't even know what that means. Thank you. Like, the, 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 he's not as good. Dot, dot, dot. It doesn't matter. What does that mean? He's the highest rated quarterback in the league. Right, but he's not as good. You're looking for... He's not as talented. There are things... Like, you watch Josh Allen. Oh, my God. Last night, I'm watching with the father-in-law, yeah. and he throws that ball to Diggs. To Diggs. And it's my, like, my father-in-law said, that? how far did that go in the it air? like 65 yards. At least. Yeah. And it was on the money. Catch the ball, Diggs. Catch, the ball. Catch yeah. the ball. I mean, he laid that thing in. I thought it went 70 yards. He's incredible. Might have gone 800 yards. You know what else he is, though? He's a lot more reckless. Yeah. He's a lot more Better reckless. Better runner. And, God, he's um, tough. And uh, what? He's been to one AFC championship game? Poor guy. Not you know, his fault. I, no, I mean, not his fault, but not, not his fault. Well... I mean, I mean, the guy was, it open. was terrific last night. The play before the field goal, he threw it right o- like there was an yeah. open receiver in the back of the end zone, and he hucked it five yards right. Well, if we want to talk about open receivers, Brock threw probably eight to ten yesterday that were straight dirt balls. He had a bad game. And I he like, can't throw gonna, the wet ball. I was not, right. I had that right well, last week. You know what's it's interesting about that? Because glove, no glove. What are we doing here, well, kid? Okay, so that is a concern, obviously, yeah. especially when you get to the playoffs. Here's, and it was clearly in his head. He's right. wearing a glove. He's wiping his hand in the middle of plays, cradling the ball in the left hand. None of that is good. None of that's good. But doesn't that make the last drive that much more impressive? What the hell happened? It was raining, right? It was ra- it, worse. Well, when Jordan Love got the ball back, it was cats and dogs. I know that. Correct. It was pouring. So, 
So it was kind of it was off and on, but mostly on from what I could tell. That's what I'm getting at. Brock Purdy had a bad night, and then if you transfer this to another player, a more accomplished player, or someone who we think is more talented, if Brady did something like this, where you're just off, you're off all night. You had a couple balls that should have been picked and they weren't. It's just one of them nights. But then you get the ball with five minutes to go and you're down four and the rain is driving sideways. And you beepity boppity boop right down the field and get a touchdown. If somebody else does that, we go, dude, legend, legend. He found another, he found another level when it really mattered most. Right. But not 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 Brock, not Brock. He did it in the end. Not a great game. I I I definitely think this is a kick the can down the road situation. There's more information to be revealed about Brock Purdy. He's in his second year. He's a young player. Um, but as I said earlier, I've never seen a. Uh, an athlete. I've never seen an athlete, particularly those who kind of come from nowhere, produce at such a level and receive such a reaction. I've never seen anything like this. Well, the reaction now is based on new information, which is what we saw on Saturday. And to me, there's two different ways to look at it. You can look at it as Brock didn't play well, or you could look at it as Brock didn't play well and then he played great when you needed him to play great. And that's the way I look at it. And it's a victory Monday. And you can look at all the things the Niners didn't do well. And Kyle Shanahan was great in the post game, talking about all three phases, how they need to be better. But this was a gritty game. This was a game that showed their character because they were down. And yep. you think that the 49ers knew or didn't know that they were playing badly? The D-line knew yeah. that they didn't have any sacks. They knew that they were getting run on. Ambry Thomas knew that he'd gotten cooked a couple times. I think that everybody knew that they weren't playing great. Jake Moody knew that he had a kick blocked. Yep. And, you know, George Kittle knew that he had a big drop. And all these things, these players know what's going on. And then you get the ball back with six minutes left, and you know you need a touchdown, and you go out there and you get it done. So sometimes these wins, to me are worth more than if you go out and you look good and you blow a team out. Well, yeah. They, they, the, the bottom line is the 49ers so far this year didn't win close games. They didn't they, have they, to. They, yeah. Well, right? but when it was close, they lost. True. So it was painful. It was stressful. Maybe it was the best thing for them. That that's, was a big-time character true. performance. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Rich and Los Altos here on uh, Weathering and Dims. Hey, Rich, what are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for letting me on. Yeah. Um I don't – I'm a football nut. I'm a Niner nut. I don't understand a couple of things. Maybe you guys can help me. It seems like they'd be easy to defend. I mean, they hardly ever throw it deep, but you can't do it. You just can't do it. So, I think – I mean, it's a good thing Shanahan doesn't have one of those top quarterbacks because I think the league would – it'd be like when Durant was over here. I mean, it'd, it'd break the whole thing. So, anyway, that's all I got. Thanks, um, Rich, nice, thanks. Rich. What do you consider deep? What do you consider deep? I think throws over 20 yards would yeah. be deep. Now, what Josh Allen did attempting that well, pass to yeah. Stephon Diggs, now that's deep. That's a 65 yards in the air deep ball. And the Niners don't do that. They don't run a lot of go routes. They don't give Brock Purdy a seven-step drop and say, just go ahead and cut that thing loose. So, for me, deep is anything over 20 yards. Yeah, and the Niners do that a lot. And you had looked this up uh, about a week or two yeah. ago. 
Uh, air yards downfield. Where was Brock? Like I think seventh? Was, yeah, seventh. I looked it up on Friday. Oh, and that's air okay. yard, intended air yards. Yeah. So on all throws, the intended air yards. Now, Saturday, they didn't throw the ball deep down the field. And even on plays that were designed, he was checking down a lot early. And that's where I look at the film and I watched it again today. I'm a little concerned over his confidence level. Was it, thank you, was it the wet ball? Was it him, like, feeling really tight? Because there were some throws that were open that he normally would take a chance on, and he didn't. Yeah, and then there were some chances he took where I was like, dude, what what, what, what the hell was that? Yeah. That pass to Jawan Jennings in between three defenders, I don't know how the hell that got home. And so, he climbed the ladder. Yeah, it was beautiful, and Juwan had an amazing catch. But by the same time, I'm like, no, no. We're not doing that. That's a terrible decision. <laughs> like, right? That's the old no, 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 yes play. Totally. That's what that was. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Raj and RC and uh, Rich and Jonathan, we are coming to you next. Stay right where you are. That's all we want to do today is talk to Niner fans and get the reaction of the win over the weekend, 24-21 over the Packers. On to the NFC title game we go. Lions are coming to town this weekend. It is all brought to you by Safeway, and this is Willard and Dibs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's a 52-yard field goal try. From the rookie Jake Moody, who had one blocked earlier. Snapped is down, kick is up, and Moody has got it. The biggie for Moody, and the 49ers creep a little closer. 
Oh, that's huge. I mean, you know, the one that, getting the one blocked earlier and just get into, the, I think it was, was a 52 yarder. It was tough. We probably would have gone for it if it wasn't, what was the fourth, like nine and a half? It was one that we were, you know, we were planning on going for it, but nine and a half seemed a little far. And it was in his range and definitely would have wished I went for it if he missed it. And so he made it and that helps me a lot. I uh, really appreciate him doing that because I thought we were able to win there at the end. Now, back to Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. It's kind of a funny way to say it. It's great it? honesty. <laughs> Probably would have so, wished I went for it if he missed it. I really appreciate him doing that. Yeah. That's his job. That's his job. I really appreciate him, you know, making a field goal. Well, that's, 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 what you, that's what you drafted him to do. Correct, yes. but 52 yards. He's a rookie in, the rain. Rain, in a driving rain. Yeah. And... Uh, one thing that I I want to hear more about from the team, and I don't know if we'll ever really get the full explanation, but what was the problem with your cleats? Why didn't you have the correct cleats on a good to start the game? It's your field. It's a great question. Thank you, Doc Pandia. Tomorrow, 4 o'clock. It's your field, and you had plenty of opportunity to go out there and figure out your footing, and yet when the game started... You you were the team falling down. Yeah, they were slipping and sliding all over the place. Yeah. And the Packers weren't. You had Mooney Ward fall down on a big pass play, and yep. Gibson fell down once, and it's like, guys, what, what are we doing here? No, the Packers, that was the other thing. I mean, you can say, and I, I wouldn't argue it, that Jordan Love looked pretty good for three quarters. Then again, a lot of the receivers he's, he's hitting, I'm like, these dudes are standing by themselves? Yeah. Like, everybody's falling down. Uh, the throw to the end zone where Gibson falls down. I, I, I mean, he still had to toe tap in the back. These guys are by themselves. Any NFL player can make those throws. Um, you know, give credit to Jordan Love for navigating yeah. the pocket, delivering it on time accurately and whatnot. But, yeah, the Niner DBs had a very difficult first half. Um, they rallied. They rallied. Got their, uh, their act together there for the second half. I, I'm also... I'm I'm reminded of this, and this is not going to be some like cool analysis. That's not what I'm about to say. But we do take one game and project it to the next way more than is reality. You know what I mean? I hear everyone. Well, we play like that against Detroit. We're gonna lose. Well, that game's not gonna look like this game at all. At all. If these things just went week to week, we'd all be rich. We'd all know exactly how these teams were going to perform every week. The Niners would cover the 9.5 or the 10.5 it got up to by kickoff. Really? It got up to 10.5? The sharp money was on the Niners. Ouch. Yeah. You know, you you look at this thing, and it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. You know how many of you were like, Cleveland's going to the Super Bowl, and they got waxed. I thought Cleveland would win yeah. at Houston, and they got, and they got waxed. waxed. Yep. And, and uh, the best example of the year is, what are the Eagles? What the hell was that? Who are you? Who are the 10-1, and one, and then overnight, the Niners come to town, and you literally can't function the rest of the way. We're they out here even, trying to function. They could not function, Dibs. No, they got broken. So... Um, I don't take any... That's why the, the final analysis is you won, be happy. Because I don't take anything from, oh, we've had 20 days off, we're in a driving rainstorm, we're going against the Packers, whose offensive line did really good things, they were hot, Jordan Love, 
have not been turning the ball over, all of these things are totally different than what you're suddenly now going into this week. Um, You have that experience of a close game, the playoff feels, you come out and win. Do you want to know what I think has been driving the Lions so far this playoffs is emotion. Like, that is what's happening to the Lions is so special to their fans that that building has been an impossible place to go play. And, oh, by the way, both of their wins were narrow. One-score wins. The one over the Rams, a lot of people thought they shouldn't have even had. And they were overwhelmed by the emotion of the arena. They're not going to have that this week. No, they aren't. But what they will have is they're going to have Detroit fan angst. That does actually travel. And I I was getting texts and I was seeing all the tweets. They go up by 15 with about six minutes to go. And normally everybody's putting that thing in the bank and the jello's starting to jiggle and the butter's getting hard. Shout out Chick Hearn, but Lions fans weighing in with, oh, oh God, here we go. go. And then Tampa, bippity boppity boop. Your guy Baker Mayfield goes right down the field and they miss the two, but it's an eight point game. And Lions fans like, oh God, here we go. We're going to, we're going to find a way to blow this one again. So. I think that the Lions fan angst is something that definitely travels, and we'll see how the Maybe. team does. We'll see how they do out, outdoors because they've done pretty well outdoors this year. I'm they've just looking okay. right now. Yeah, I think they're four and two. I think I looked I got it up. Them at, four uh, and two? I'm looking at yeah, four, four and two because Dallas is not that's a outdoor. Dome now, right? yeah. yeah, they beat Kansas City in Green Bay. They beat Tampa. Lost to the Ravens badly. Lost to the Chargers in a shootout. And they lost to the Bears. So, well, but the, was the Chargers inside? That was inside too. Is that an inside? SoFi? Yeah, yeah. I've never been there. Yeah, is is it an indoor outdoor hybrid or retractable or what? But who knows? Yeah, it doesn't matter. In LA, that thing that thing should be an outdoor. What it do we do be. in LA? Yeah, yeah. But look, um, you know, usually when you think of an indoor team that's going to struggle outdoors, there's a little bit of weather. There's not going to be any weather. The lion, the Lions will be able to function. But this is a night game outdoors and, uh, and a different challenge. I think the matchup is, uh, is really good for the 49ers. I think it's a really good matchup. I, I, I think that they're going to win the football game um, unless they come out, obviously, and have a really poor effort. But I don't look at last week and think that means that's what's going to happen again. I mean, come on. This is the NFL. We do this every single week. Right. Every week we're like, oh. That's not what they looked like last week. So 49ers aren't going to necessarily look like that. If they do, then, yeah, they're a paper tiger. Well, every matchup is different, and you're right in terms of the weather and the opponent and everything. What Vegas is telling you is that it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's a seven-point spread with the over-under of 50-and-a-half. 3.30 kick down at Levi's, so an afternoon game turning into a night game in the second half. The forecast is for good weather. I think the rain's supposed to vacate on Wednesday yeah. or th- Thursday at the latest, so you're going to have a good a good amount of time to dry out down there. The turf should be in great shape. The weather should be conducive to scoring, and I think that that helps Detroit, but it should help Brock Purdy and of the 49ers. Course. And the, the Detroit Lions, I keep saying this, um, their pass defense is like flat out not good. 
It's not like shaky. It's not good. It is down with the Washington Commanders and and the worst teams in uh, in football as far as a pass defense. So, I, boy, I'd be fascinated to know what Kyle Shanahan's game plan is this week because here we are all yelling like, "Come on, McCaffrey, man! Like, come go through McCaffrey." But the right thing to do this week, and we'll see if Debo plays, but the right thing to do this week might be to throw the ball a little bit more. That is the weakness of the Lions defense. Right, but do you want to get into that sort of an approach when you don't have Debo Samuel and we don't know officially if he'll be in or out? So if you don't have Debo, and let's just play the hypothetical for the sake of this conversation and your phone calls momentarily, 888-957-9570. If you don't have Debo and you've got Ayuk and Jennings and Ray Ray and Chris Conley, yep. if, and of course George Kittle, if those are your, your offensive weapons, with McCaffrey and a little bit of use check in the pass game as well, are you better off putting your best foot forward, which is still Christian McCaffrey running the ball out of that 21 personnel with the two running backs and the one tight end? Do you go away from your best pitch in order to take advantage of them at their weakest? Yeah, um, I That'll be what. fun to watch. Well, and then the other side of the ball, you're obviously looking for a hell of a lot more um, uh, production from the pass rush. Never forget the way the Niners build their defense. I know we're all upset at Ambry Thomas, but the truth of the matter is, is the 49ers run their defense um, in terms of a scheme and in terms of a philosophy. Um, they they go front to back, and they want their DBs to be empowered by the fact that they're not going to give the quarterback a whole lot of time. And Jordan Love had a lot of time. And so those Packers' young receivers are fast, man. And I know Ambry is too. I'm not excusing him. He played a terrible game. Um, But part of that is all complimentary football, which the Niners didn't do a great job of over the weekend. And uh, they need, especially with Jared Goff, being much more sackable, much more immobile, they need to get him on the ground. They need to get him on the ground, and he's the type of QB that you can force into a mistake as well. I think the DBs will end up looking a lot better this weekend. You would hope, and uh, you know, you would hope that the pass rush can get home, and they can still apply pressure with four. And you don't want to have to blitz a lot. And I know that they were, I think, the third least likely to blitz team in the regular season. So you want to just go with your base four. Maybe send a fifth guy if possible, but if you have problems in the secondary and they had some issues yesterday, you don't want to expose Ambry Thomas, for example, to a lot of man-to-man coverage. Um, Let's get to these phone calls. Everybody wants to weigh in. The Niners are winners, and we'll host the NFC title game in the game for the fourth time in five years. Rich in Fremont here with Willard and Dims. Hi, Rich. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Um, By the way, guys, you know who pays my check? We don't. Okay, that would be Echo. Echo Pest Control. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. right. You have mentioned that before, Put Rich. that rat on the table, You Rich. have. Please. Um, I don't know, man. I kind of look at it this way. I don't necessarily see everybody, because everybody's saying, you know, Brock had a terrible game and all this type of stuff. I really don't see that. You know what I see? I see a, a divisional playoff round. You got two great teams. They're both playing well. And this is the NFL playoffs. So you have both teams trying to do the same thing. They're trying to win the game. Um, there were some mistakes that Brock did early, and there were some mistakes that Love did late. But in the end, Brock was good when we needed him to be good at a crucial time. So in my opinion, 
I think Brock did what he was supposed to do, like any NFL quarterback, okay? He did what he had to do to get the win, okay? We got the win. And guess what? The Packers are sitting at home thinking about it right now, and we're going to the NFC Championship game. And this is with a second-year quarterback. So as far as I'm concerned, Brock's my guy. Well, yeah, Rich, thanks. He is your guy. If you're a 49er fan, that's your guy. Ride or die. And um, I will take Brock's game over Jordan Love's game every day of the week on Saturday night. That does not mean that he was the better QB for most of the game. He wasn't. But if you offer me somebody who is shaky for three quarters but then is on point in the end versus somebody who looked pretty good for three quarters – and then turns the ball over twice in the fourth quarter in crunch time, I know it's one I'm taking all the time. Brock got away with some. There's no doubt he got away with especially one. That would have, could have, should have been a pick six. One absolutely should have been. The other one probably could have been. Could have been. You know, I I think sometimes anytime a DB gets their hands on the ball, we're like, should have been picked. Not necessarily. When it hits you square in the chest. That one for sure. When it's thrown right to you. Yes, that one should have been. And that's a walk-in pick six, too. Walk-in. Yeah, ten nothing. Yeah, same start that Dak went through against this team exactly the week before. Take the crowd out of it, the yep. whole deal. Yeah, so. so that one would have lost the game. He got away with it, but I like for me, it's that simple. You go to that box score, take everything out that you saw: wet ball, wiping hands, gloves, inaccurate sailing passes, all of those things. You go to the box score, and I see one QB has two picks, and the other has none. I know which one I'm taking. Yeah. You- you don't ever want to lose the turnover battle. And we've talked about this not only with Shanahan teams, but football teams in general. You don't want to lose the turnover battle. And the Niners, I don't believe, turned it over at all. And that is there was correct. a situation where the Packers almost gave him a third on that big kickoff return. The that fumble. ball was loose for, for quite a while. And the Packers were able to hustle on top of it. So you don't ever want to lose the turnover battle. And the second of the Jordan Love picks, you can understand in terms of the game situation although as guru mentioned and he's right it was first down you didn't have to make that throw it's not like there was eight seconds left and you were absolutely desperate you would have liked to see jordan love pull that down and run and maybe slide and live to play another day yeah it's a bad decision it's a bad decision because um it, it wasn't even close uh, again if dre doesn't pick that off fred probably does uh, the receiver was like the fourth guy in line to get a hand on that ball. So, bad decision by Jordan Love. No doubt. R.C. in Napa is uh, is next up. Hi, R.C., what are you doing? Willie and Dibby, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Thank R.C. you, R.C. The, uh, yeah, I could, uh, I can trace anything bad that happens back oh, to Brock Purdy back to uh, Dibby, but I'm not going to go there because I don't want to jinx him. Uh, the reality is that his strengths are intangibles and they're hard to measure. So I would tell you that I'm an unabashed supporter after he came into the game, after Garoppolo got hurt against Miami, after the first, uh, series, I texted my kids pro football hall of fame. The reason is he gets better with his mistakes. So this game was poor, but he didn't turn the ball over, okay? You can't have an awful game as a quarterback and not turn the ball over. You have awful games when you turn the ball over. I would go back and tell you that he's better than Patrick Mahomes in year two. 
he's certainly better than Josh Allen now because he doesn't do stupid things over and over again. Now, Mahomes has mastered it. He's not doing much stupid. We'll see if Lamar Jackson does something stupid in this game against Kansas City. Brock Purdy didn't do anything stupid in that game. So what I would tell you is you've got to see his intangibles grow again. He didn't do something stupid in a bad game. Well, RC, yeah, thanks. He did, yeah. and he got away with it at the beginning of the game. Again, like I sometimes we do this. This is I, I've made this comparison again um, with, uh, with with the Heisman Trophy race, for example. You'll see a player go out there, a quarterback, and his team will score thirty-seven points, and the opponent scores forty, and we go, "Well, now you can't win the Heisman anymore. You lost your biggest game." It's like we scored almost every time we touched the ball. I'm the quarterback. I can't play defense also. So in other words, I bring that up because you're only responsible for what actions you go out on the field and do. Brock Purdy is responsible for a terrible decision that should have been a pick six, and he got away with it. Like, sometimes this makes us uncomfortable because we want our team to be the best. Championships take a lot of luck. They take a lot of luck. And the 49ers got some. They got some. You know, whether you want to look at the fourth down spot of Jordan Love, that was dicey at best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they missed a kick. Uh, they dropped the pick six. All of these things, you probably win the football game if any of them go the other way. Right. But they didn't. No. They didn't. Well, and, and the and 49ers, life is also about taking advantage of the opportunities that are presented to you. And the 49ers can look at a blocked field goal and a fumble on a kickoff that maybe bounces their way instead of bouncing to to a Packer player. So there's always going to be things in a football game that go your way or don't go your way. And a game like that comes down to one team getting the ball and having to go down and make a play and have a drive, and Brock Purdy did that. It doesn't mean that because he didn't throw a pick that you can't look at his first three quarters and say he played badly. That RC is too simplistic in my opinion. Let's go to Hawaii, brother. Uh, Al. Al is in Hawaii. Hi, Al. What are you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Just watching my son right now. Um, listen to you guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, comment on that. Brian Clark um, <laughs> not elevating the play of the players around him. I mean, what is he supposed to do? Throw the ball to them and, and run it for them? Or, you know, he's doing the best that he can, right? Getting the ball out to the receivers, doing his job. Um, I just look at it as who is Ryan Clark anyway? Right? He's a defensive player. Yep. Don't know anything about playing quarterback. I don't know why people even listen to him as far as when it comes to quarterback play. Which is the reason why I listen to like Chase Daniel, JT O'Sullivan, Kurt Warner, and they all give Purdy his flowers. You know, like they know what they're looking at. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand how people can listen to these guys. Well, look, I mean, Al, thanks. I mean, Ryan Clark is a media member now, and uh, so you know. I mean, you're listening to Willard and Dibbs. We never played quarterback, and you listen to what we have to say about all of this. So I'm not going to, like, remove Ryan Clark's credentials because we don't like what he's saying. But by the same token, um, what he's saying, I think, is factually incorrect. I don't know how you could look at the 49er offense this year. Look at all the numbers. Debo, all-purpose 1,000 yards. George Kittle, 1,000-yard receiver. Brandon Ayuk, 1,000-yard receiver. Christian McCaffrey, 2,000 all-purpose yards. 
How can you look at that and and utter the statement the quarterback didn't elevate their play? He didn't elevate the people around him. Of course he did. Of course he did. We never. I mean, he set a record for the most passing yards ever in the history of the 49ers. Like, that's not elevating the people around you? These guys did not look like this in the Garoppolo era. They they, they did not. So, Oh, he um, didn't have Christian McCaffrey in the Garoppolo era. Uh, he in terms did, of yeah. his, He did at uh, the end. Right, but Garoppolo's best year when he went 13-3, and three, he had almost very Purdy-esque numbers. His rating, his QBR weren't quite as high, and he was just short of 4,000 yards in 16 games. Brock got the extra game. Yards per game, very similar. Brock had a slightly better year, uh, but in terms of you know, the idea of elevating the teammates, I don't even know what that means in terms of one quarterback versus another. If the quarterback throws you the football and you get eight yards versus another quarterback throws you the same pass and you get no yards, is the quarterback who gave it to you and you got eight yards a better QB? Does he elevate your play? I don't know what that means in terms of a quarterback elevating the play of the guys around him. Well, I, I, I think that it, it means that everybody on offense becomes more dynamic, and, and they have. Right. They absolutely have. They get the ball downfield more. He's more accurate. He's more mobile. Um, everybody's numbers are going to go up. Uh, you're right. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy had a nice year in 2019. Um, it's fewer yards. It's fewer touchdowns. It's more interceptions. Um, it's all of those things. Um, sure, he was. Uh, that was his best year. Um, but even that one, and part of this is numbers, and then the other part is is our eyes. Jimmy Garoppolo never played quarterback at this level for the 49ers. Right, they didn't make the same throws that Brock Purdy does, and they don't run the same plays that Brock Purdy does because Shanahan's got more faith in Brock Purdy than he did in Jimmy G. Um, Let's see. Let's um, Let's go to Rob in Concord. Hey, Rob, what are you doing? Rob? Hey, Ben. Happy Monday. Hi. Hello. What's going on? Hi. Well, I just wanted to... Chime in on the 49ers. I do believe that, again, the X factor and heading in from the regular season, going into the postseason, it's been the offensive line. line. If, if the 49ers can just, and I say that, I know it's easier said than done, if they can protect and give Brock a little bit more time than being under duress, being pressured to throw the ball, I think we'll see an offense that can score more points. Now on the defensive side, again, you know, if if they can get into the A-gaps where they can hopefully tackle and not miss tackles when, when as an example, with uh, with the running back, that have, I mean, you know, the way he was running, it, it just seemed that that was allowing the Packers to open up the passing game. So, again, if the 49ers can get to – Stopping the running game, I think they'll have success at getting to Jared Goff because that will force them to just pass more than rush. Oh, Rob, I'll tell you this. Thank you, Rob. I'll tell you this. Uh, I watched almost every Lions game this year. If the 49ers bottle up, thank you. Yeah, I'm on Raw St. Brown on this team. And Jared Goff. That's right. And in the family league, I had Jameer Gibbs. There was a lot on the line, Dibbs. And I watched those guys every week. If they are not letting David Montgomery put them in second and medium and second and short, the Lions have no chance. No chance. They're very much cut from the 49ers' cloth. They will, all, they will often run it first, and they want to use that 
to make it a short passing game where Goff can use timing to go to Amon Ra and Sam Laporta. And he's very, very good at that. He's very accurate. It's a timing offense. Um, but if the Niners are bottling up David Montgomery, and at times it'll be Jameer Gibbs as well, you bottle him up to two or three yards on first down, that becomes a team that is completely out of sorts. That is not the way they want to play. Right. They want to be, any team wants to be in second and medium and third and short if they can be. And that's, I think, as much a case of the Lions as it is, is any other team. They have a good tight end. They have a couple of good receivers who can beat you, but they do live on the play action. It's what Jared Goff has been doing throughout the entirety of his NFL career. So that, I think, is is a condition for any team, and it might be even more of a factor for the Niners if they don't have Debo Samuel. We don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to go because if you don't only have one of your starting two wide receivers, then you definitely want to avoid second and third and long. Word on Debo is 50-50. That was per Adam Schefter earlier. The other comments, Ian Rappaport and beyond, have said there is cautious optimism. Debo does not have a fracture in the shoulder like he did earlier in the year. We're presented by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. We're heading in to the 5 o'clock hour and ready to take all of your 49er reaction phone calls on Willard and Dibs. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zenny.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. take this field goal attempt here and try to make it a seven-point game. Yeah, here's Anders Carlson, 41-yard try for him. Carlson, no! Wide left and a big miss for the young kicker. And it stays a four-point lead. McCaffrey. To Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. How'd you react? Take me inside the room when McCaffrey went in. 
24-21. It was more of it was a not. it was more of a sigh of relief yeah. than it was an exaltation sensation. Yes, I was exulting. There was a celebration, but it was more of a feeling of relief. Like, okay, thank God. And you laid it out perfectly at the, at the top of the show where it's two prongs. One prong is I'm a 49er fan, and I want to see them win the whole thing. I want the quest for six to end in the Super Bowl, in the parade, and I've kind of gotten addicted to the winning that we've had around here. Yep. It's not to say I'm taking it for granted. Yep. 10, 12, and 14 were great. And the Warriors getting four were phenomenal. And the Niners haven't joined the party. And you mentioned it earlier. This is their best chance to join said party. So that part of it is real. I want them to win it. I'm a grown man. I'm 55. I have a baby. I got two adult children. I got three kids and a bunch of problems, as Guru would say famously in his drop. So if they do lose, I'm bummed, but I can get over it. The other part of it is what we do for a living. And we are in, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned it to my father-in-law at the end of the meal last night, at the end of the, uh, the Bills game. I said, the Niners, if they lose on Saturday, we enter into a sports desert of sorts. Uh-huh. We get a week out of, I'm so mad, fire Kyle, uh, trade Brock, you know, all the rest of it. We get a week of outrage, and then... We get to January 29th, and we enter into a sports desert because your guy, Farhan Zaidi, hasn't done much of anything worth discussing. And the Warriors, God bless them, they are going through something that nobody would ever want to go through. And exactly. we'll have Steve Kerr on tomorrow, and we can have what I can only imagine will be a very emotional conversation because he'll share his feelings about losing an assistant coach in that manner. But once. Once we get past that, we get back to basketball, they are about as, I don't want to say boring, because you still have the chef, No, they're but they're just, in a spot where they're not as... They're in transition. Right. They're in a transition. So if we don't have the Niners, we enter into a bit of a sports desert, and I'm not ready to get out there into that desert, Mark. Well, the Giants are they're, they're saving the Bellinger signing for right after okay. the Niners season okay. is over. We so. got a box of doughs on yeah, it. Yeah, we do. Box we do. of donuts. Uh, um, 888-957-9570. Totally. We'll get to all your calls. If you haven't already, subscribe to Withered and Dibs on the free Odyssey app because you're a jerk if you don't. It's really that simple. Man. Uh, yeah, like, come on. You're listening. Subscribe come to Come on, pod. people. Seriously. Um, and you can do it wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, um, listen and subscribe to The Roast and Steiny and Goo as well. Don't be exclusionary. That stinks too. So check out their stuff. Uh, they were great today in, uh, in rea- reacting to this victory. And uh, I know, it's funny. It, um, it feels like a victory, but it doesn't feel like all the victories. I, I, I think that the 49ers, and again, you will never hear me say, it needs to look a certain way. Like, that is too entitled as, as a fan, for sure. It doesn't need to look a certain way. But for those of you who thought, hey, the Niners needed a win like this, I don't disagree. It was painful, but they needed, like, they can definitely draw something from that, and they do. Now it's kind of the other way around. Now I think if you're going to go take on the Ravens or the Chiefs, you need a performance where you look like the 49ers, where you look like they did earlier this year when they went on either one of their winning streaks. 
That that that's what I'm looking for on yeah, Sunday. I get what you're saying, but I'm gonna use your own words and weaponize them against you. Oh, that's always exciting. It's always fun because what you said, I believe, and you said that if healthy, they're the best team in football, and they should be able to win any game yep. that they have to play. So I'm I'm still thinking about it in those terms. So if you play Detroit and you play like you did on Saturday. And it doesn't look great, and it doesn't feel great, but you win, and you get a couple of weeks, and you do get everyone healthy. I'll take that and feel good about the fact that what you said is true. If healthy, they are the best team in football, and on a neutral field that they'd be facing in Vegas against the AFC winner, I'll take their chance. They'll be favored. Yeah. They'll be favored. No doubt. Um, Even if they're not totally healthy. It's funny. I wonder if everybody believes me when I say that. You know, I was talking to you from last night, and and I said, "Guess the spread." What if? Thank you. What if the Niners play the Ravens? After what we've just watched this weekend, yeah. He goes, "Ah, uh, Ravens by four and a half." Jeez. I go, "Okay, Ravens by four and a half," and then I go, "So here's what I want you to do, big guy. Um, wow. I want you to go uh, as soon as we're done. Go have a sit down chat with your wife, and you've had a great career, both." Uh, playing in the NFL and after, and you, you've you've built a great life for your two sons. Um, very very successful man, and I'm sure you have socked away a lot of money for their future, and that's really smart. But I want you to take all of it, all of it, and put it on the Ravens, because if your perception is that the Ravens are a four and a half point favorite on the 49ers, what you're actually going to get is over a touchdown better in the other direction. In value. Right now, the Niners will be a three-point favorite if that matchup comes to pass, and I believe it will because the colors of the Super Bowl logo are red and purple, and I'm starting to feel like the NFL might be scripted. Wow. That's a hot take. Thank you. And I know that we've had this. Somebody had this before where just look at the colors of the Super Bowl logo, and that'll tell you far in advance who the Super Bowl teams will be. And it is red and purple this year, so I guess it can't be be Chiefs and Ravens. Nope. Nope. And the Lions are Honolulu blue. Yeah. So that's a no from them, dog. Right. And, yeah, Niners-Ravens. That's going to be your Super Bowl. Well, no matter who it would be, if the Niners win the NFC Championship game, it would be a revenge game of sorts. Yes. The last two Super Bowls the Niners lost were against the Chiefs and Ravens. Um, Actually, um, I saw this uh, thrown out earlier today. Uh, Whatever you think uh, about revenge and like what qualifies it, but every single possible matchup is a, a rematch of sorts, if you will. Like, I know the Niners didn't play the Chiefs this year, but in a recent Super Bowl battle against one another, the Niners played the Ravens on Christmas Day. The Lions and Chiefs played on the NFL opener this year, and the Lions kind of stole one from them. Kadarius, Tony, how you doing? And the Ravens embarrassed the hell out of the Lions back in, like, week five, week six, somewhere in there. Yeah, in Baltimore. Yeah, so these are all going to be rematches. All right, Willard and Dibbs, let's get back to your call. Steven in the city. Hi, Stephen. What's up? Uh, first off, love your show, Dibs, uh, but that bit's run. So, uh, real quick, <laughs> what they mean by the Super Bowl logo colors, red and purple, is the true winner of the Super Bowl is playing next weekend. Now, back to the call. That's a four. 
Okay. You can't, you can't get Steven. Steven, you got to slow your roll. You can't give yourself numbers. Yeah, it immediately goes down to a three with the self-anointed four. I, the no, uptick I, was good, though. I, I, I like the tick. Uh, appreciate you guys. My favorite number is three. I'll take it. Okay, here's where we're at. Purdy is not as great as Willard's numbers prove him to be. Yet, she's not as bad as everybody wants him to be. He's somewhere in the middle. Now then, if he wins this weekend, which I don't think he will, okay. I think it's Detroit's year. Okay. If he wins this weekend, he can be your Kurt Warner because that's, that's how it goes. But you have to win. You're allowed to look shaky and still win. But he's not as great as you guys are trying to make him be. Um, well, I'm not trying to do anything. We're, we're sharing our perspective, and um, I've never been. Dibs knows this, Steven. I'm not a stats guy. Um, you have to use him to a, uh, to a certain degree. But I, I look at this whole thing. Okay, Brock Purdy's the top-rated quarterback in the league. Do, does that mean that I think he's the best quarterback in the league or I would take him first if we were drafting the league? Of course not. I would take Patrick Mahomes. That's what I would do. So, But, but let me throw those numbers at you. Stephen, why with Brock do some of the numbers not count? Uh, let's go with the first play of the game that they called. Okay. Uh, from what I remember, it was a lateral pass down the line to one of his playmakers, and that's to get him comfortable. I get it. But that's why. And okay. 20 yards downfield, not a deep ball. I am so glad that, uh, that you just said that because I want to read something to you. Steven, stay right there, okay? Don't you move, Steven. Stay right there. I want to read something to you. You ready for this? Go. Okay. Because Brock Purdy, he just threw the ball to Debo right down the line, right? All right. I know you love stats. I know you love stats. I got stats for you. Completions of 30-plus air yards this weekend. Purdy, one. Josh Allen, none. Completions of 20-plus air yards this weekend. Purdy, two. Allen, none. Completions of 10-plus air yards. This means no yak, Stephen. Purdy, five. Allen, two. Completions over five air yards. Purdy, seven. Allen, two. And what about if you say, well, Stephon Diggs dropped the ball. Okay, forget completions. How about attempts? Attempts of 10-plus air yards this weekend. Purdy, 11. Allen, seven. Your response, please. My response is this, simply this. He's replacing Garoppolo, who replaced Trey Young, who replaced Garoppolo, who replaced uh, – who's the other two quarterbacks? I can't remember. Well, like, I mean, uh, are we going back to – I don't know. Uh, yes. They're all backups. I'm yeah. just saying they're all backups. Okay. So what I'm saying is Brock Purdy glows like the Holy Grail compared to the backups you've had there recently. I don't, I don't so even – I, I don't argue back. that. I don't argue that, Stephen, but you're moving the goalposts. Because the point you just made was that Brock just dinks and dunks and does it behind the line of scrimmage. And it's not accurate. It's like we have numbers from the ceiling to the floor that will tell you that's not the case. Dibs just said it a half hour ago. Air yards, intended air yards this year by all quarterbacks. Purdy was seventh in the league. Um, I'm not telling you that Purdy's better than Josh Allen. That's not what I'm saying. But I do want to at least debunk um, 
a misconception when I hear it. Fair enough. Fair. I mean, this is your show. You guys' show. I well, love no, it. I don't. <laughs> I mean, that's your opinion. No. This is Homerism at its greatest. Uh, but 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 what I just gave you is not an opinion, Stephen. It's facts. I just gave you numbers. And he doesn't like numbers. I don't like. I'm not a numbers guy. No, ne- no, no. Yeah, neither am I. I, I got to see it. Neither I am I. Uh, yeah, but you're oh, not God, seeing it, Stephen. Your, your your hands are over your face during the game. That's what I'm telling you. You think something's happening out there that's not happening, which is that Brock Purdy just tosses the ball to Debo in the flat, and then he runs for 12 yards, and Brock becomes an MVP candidate. Like it's I, like we have, I mean, data forever that can debunk this. If you throw it to the flat, what are you opening up? The pump and go. Down the seam or down the end. You're just doing – Kyle's a genius. It's all that. Say it. Kyle's a genius. No. That's, you know, all right. that's how he helps his quarterback. I get it. All right, Steven. Thank you very much. It's kind of wild, actually. Did you – like, completions of over five-plus air yards. Josh Allen, two. Wow. That's crazy. In last night's game. Yeah. That, yeah. that is crazy. Is that wild? Five yards. Five yards. Two. Really two. Where are you getting these numbers, Mark? Twitter. Pass charts. <laughs> pass charts. Oh, the old pass charts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 20, yeah, that seems like a, a low three, number to me. Threw for under two hundred yards. Yeah. Would he threw, run for about a hundred? Yeah, like that's Darn what near. they're that's what they're doing to move the chains. He's running. I'll never understand why Josh Allen hasn't gotten hurt yet. I'll never understand it. It's the yeah. craziest thing in the whole league. Well, if you watch him when it comes time for for impact, he's usually bracing for the impact. And he's a big, big dude. He doesn't expose himself to a lot of big-time hits. He either yeah. slides or you know, he squares guys up. He's a tough guy to, uh, to really line up because he's, what, 6'5", 240? No, he's huge. Big dude. Yeah, he's huge, but still. Line. And he's sneaky fast. Oh, he's incredibly fast. Yeah. Um, he's a great player. I would take Josh Allen over Brock Purdy every day of the week. Um, but don't call Brock Purdy a dink and dunk quarterback because he's not. Uh, you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app. Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.